More than a year of searching, and Metro has now finally selected its uh, general manager candidate. Uh, Of course, final details still need to be worked out for the contract. But now that we have the person and we know who it is, we can move beyond this issue. But it's not the only leadership change issue that that Metro is going through. Um, The Metro uh, board chair is also going to be changing, we understand. So we'll talk about what these leadership changes could mean for the system moving forward. So Metro right now is clearly and has been in what is no less than a crisis. You've got recommendations from the NTSB, the Federal Transit Administration. You had the deadly smoke incident at L'Enfant Plaza this winter. You had a derailment at the or near the Smithsonian Station in August. You had the Transformer fire near the Stadium Armory Station in September. And there's a lot to do. There are dozens and dozens of requirements from the federal level, recommendations from other safety committees. And so You've got now the new general manager who is expected to be confirmed November 19th, Paul Wiedefeld, who has already in the past led BWI Marshall Airport, as well as the Maryland Transit Administration, which runs Mark and the Baltimore Transit System and commuter buses. And he and whoever the new Metro board chair is, as Mort Downey uh, told us, he doubts he'll be the board chair next year. A source told me that uh, there was a push for him not to be the board chair as part of a big kind of bringing in a a new day to Metro. Whoever is in charge, the Metro board is going to have to get things together and understand what is going on as well, in addition to the general manager. But as Mort Downey said, the current chairman, it goes all the way from top to bottom, and everyone in the system would have to come together to agree not just to work closer to safety, but to kind of get a different, and they've been using this word for so long now, safety culture, but what it really means is everyone has to be on the same page to work together and to make it an experience that riders will actually, you know, maybe not enjoy, but put up with as opposed to all of the delays and crowding that we've experienced in the last couple of years. Change is not going to come dramatically. It's going to take time to usher in some of the things uh, that they may want to do. How much time do you think the new leadership will be given to institute change at Metro? How much patience will there be? So what Mort Downey said was he doesn't expect a day one miracle, but he does expect a plan within six months or so and some sort of substantive changes within a year. Uh, That sounds very optimistic, uh, given Metro's history and the setup of Metro. The Metro board is not designed to allow quick change. You have D.C., Maryland and Virginia and the federal government all kind of pulling sometimes in different directions towards the same goal, uh, which can be an issue as far as Metro trying to move forward. But there is federal oversight and uh, the states have expressed much more of an interest in actually getting some things done in the wake of the uh, Federal Transit Administration safety management inspection. So the hope from Metro is that things happen relatively quickly. Uh, The reality from for many riders uh, might be that, you know, to get these changes, it's going to be a lot more track work, a lot more delays and a lot more waiting and It's a question of how long riders will put up with all of that. And one thing we did learn at the Metro board meeting this week, more people are recommending bus, Metro bus, to their friends. Now, 
Metro would like to say that's because bus service is doing better. But from personal experience talking with people, there are a lot of people who recommend Metro, Metro bus to their friends because they think it's more reliable than the rail services. Another report card out this week on Metro brought another measure of concern. We're seeing a lot of focus on escalators, but other things that need the attention of the system are lacking. Right. Uh, Essentially, this vital signs report is what they call it, and it boils down to, yay for escalators and elevators. Boo for everything else. Uh, Everything else. On-time performance for bus and rail below what their target is. Uh, Rail on-time performance, which... um, Again, as a rider on Metro, on time doesn't necessarily mean as much to you as, but it does boil down to you're sitting there, you're waiting. Whether the train is sitting still at a station waiting as it has been for so long with the blue, orange, and silver line transformer problems that we're going to see resolved uh, to some degree this coming week, or whether it's you're sitting on the platform as I was last night waiting 22 minutes for a train, Uh, you know, whatever it is. It's not good. And uh, Metro riders are definitely noticing. It's one thing that um, the Metro staff have blamed for uh, some of the declines in ridership, especially at these times that they're doing the track work. Uh, Right now, the red line in the middle of days, uh, weekdays, a lot of work. Weekends, of course, we know uh, track work on almost every line, if not every line, almost every weekend. Um, You know, this weekend, all the stations are open, but that's not always the case. And either way, it's the wait and the delays and the not knowing. Metro is trying to come up with a new system uh, pretty soon that would allow them to sort of give you an idea of the actual travel time for your regular trip based on your smart trip history. Um, But that's not here yet. And uh, it, it really all boils down to Metro acknowledges it doesn't have enough cars ready to do what it needs to do. And no matter what, even if you have a train that's supposed where is where it is when it's supposed to be there, if it's only six cars instead of eight and it's at that peak of rush hour, uh, if you've ever ridden a blue line train since the switch to the Rush Plus system or the orange line or even now the silver line through the Clarendon area, you get these complete packed in you're sitting at roslyn you can't get on a train and if you had those extra two cars that can add a few hundred people more to that train suddenly some of that's eased but the cars are just not available what has happened we know that there are new cars that are slowly coming into the system has that process been bogged down what what's happened to this new series of cars so the there are uh, several issues here so with the 7000 series cars there have been issues coming from Kawasaki the manufacturer that Metro says have slowed things down now the first order of uh, 64 cars is in place uh, about 52 of those cars have been conditionally accepted by Metro, but we only have uh, several of those sets of eight-car trains actually in the system because there were some software issues that needed to be worked out. There are also some just simple quality control. Are the seats pointed in the right way? Things like that. Um, Metro has been, uh, in the last few days, going directly to Kawasaki trying to work these things out, but everything has been boiled down in one period, just four cars were accepted from the 7000 series when they had expected to accept dozens. So uh, on the 7000 series cars, that's the issue. The trains that are in service are uh, working pretty well. They're exceeding the uh, distance, the minimum distance they've expected to go between when they need service or have a breakdown. So on that level, they're doing pretty well. 
There's a separate issue with the 1000 series cars, which the NTSB uh, has raised issues with uh, dating back to the 2009 Redline crash. Um, These 1000 series cars supposed to be replaced because these 7000 series cars are not coming in. Those older cars not being replaced, remaining in the system among some of the other cars sitting in the yard needing work. They need to go out out for service. And then you've got of all the series, not the 7,000 series, but all the other series, you have 62 cars sitting in the yard right now doing nothing because they don't have the parts to fix them. And Why so does it just... take so long to repair those? Well, so the, what Metro is saying is that, uh, Metro staff is saying is that the procurement issue is they are required because of past problems where they went with no bid contracts, there were major issues, they're required to competitively bid every contract. Mm-hmm. If you have a car that's under warranty or you know you want to maintain certain warranties you want to go to the person who made the original part and buy that and put it in there but that part has to be bid out competitively and so all these things lead to delays in the ordering which then leads to delays in the parts there was a new uh chief procurement officer brought in uh relatively recently who kind of went through the guidance from the board and said hey we're supposed to be doing it this way let's do it this way i don't we we need to follow exactly what our guidance is he's asking the board to change that guidance to kind of try to speed things up and get more parts in soon but right now there's no timeline for when those 62 cars, and that's a number that's growing because at the end of September, it was just more than 50. Now we're into early November already at 62 cars sitting here uh, offline without being able to be used. Mm. And it cuts into the number of cars, you know, on a normal wear and tear basis. A couple cars every day are going to have some sort of issue or need to be in the shop. And you can't have even, you know, 100 cars out of service and still have Metro hit its minimum number of 954 cars it needs for the regular daily service. And it's been hard ever since the Silver Line opened because Metro didn't have all those extra cars that in the planning stages they had expected weren't here in time. It's been hard ever since the Silver Line opened for Metro to hit that minimum number. And in all of that combined has led to a sharp decrease in on-time performance and in an experience for riders ever since the Silver Line opened. I know uh, you got a deeper dive uh, at the Metro board meeting this uh, past week into some of the financial challenges that the system faces. Uh, many riders want to know how well they're they're doing with the money issue because at the end of the day, it might affect what they're paying to ride Metro. What are some of the issues that, that came up, uh, some of the financial challenges the system faces? Well, one of the major points here is that it doesn't matter whether you ride Metro or you don't. If you live in the Washington, D.C. area... You're on the hook. Uh, these are, are are is money that is coming from the taxpayers if it doesn't come from the riders, and you know that's for the benefit of taking cars off the road and getting people moving and cleaner air and all these things. But when you're talking about eight billion dollars that's going to come up that the area needs to match in capital funding, according to Metro, uh, just for and again this is going to include Loudoun County as well soon when the Silver Line second phase extends into Loudoun County through Dallas Airport. Loudon joins this, and Loudon is responsible uh, for their, it's something like a, a small percentage, but still a share of this big amount of money. And when you, you know, look at Jack Evans, the D.C. council member at the finance committee meeting this week, you know, he asked Metro staff to give him a real easy to explain look at whether as kind of this perspective, he says that many people have. Metro employees really have these gold-plated salaries and pensions. He says people have this perception that Metro employees make too much and they get too many benefits. And if you look at the Metro budget and, and financial responsibilities, a significant, significant part of the cost is to 
personnel expenses. Um, and then the next most is operating. And then there's another smaller percentage for other things. But, um, you know, there are a lot of people employed by Metro, bus drivers, train operators, the maintenance staff that have been have been ordered to work overtime, the track inspectors that we heard so much about, about the um, August derailment. Um, and in addition to all those, you know, daily salaries and benefits things. Metro has $1.1 billion in unfunded pension liability, $1.5 billion in other benefits. They have been able to at least cut their short-term debt to $200 million after financial issues. Um, They've been able to get reimbursed for more of the federal dollars with Metro's financial issues that are separate from all of the service issues. The financial issues had earlier led to the federal government limiting the money they could get. And so you've got a lot of money here. And obviously, some of it would come from fares. Some of it we heard this week discussion about different ways of advertising. But if you're on a metro train or if you're on a metro bus and you look at the top of the of the bus where there could be ads, regularly there are lots of empty spaces. And uh, whereas other transit agencies, you know, you go to New York City on a subway and you see ads all the way down the line. And so there is a question of whether Metro could do more for that. But even that is not going to make the kind of money up here that Metro really needs for not just the repairs, but just to keep things as they are. And obviously, Metro needs a lot more money to go further. So could another fare increase be in the near future? It doesn't sound like there is another fare increase planned in the next, you know, six months. But there is obviously when they're looking at this budget uh, for the following year, which is when traditionally they have tried to do this every other year uh, fare increase recently. There's going to be a fare increase. The question becomes what it is. The one plus side for some regular riders is that there are also serious, serious discussions about new transit passes. So um, right now, Metro does not really have many good options if you're a commuter for something like a monthly pass, whereas Mark and VRE have monthly passes and almost everybody who rides that on a regular basis uses one of those or one of the other discount tickets. Right now, Metro's passes don't work well for many commuters because of the way the fare structure is. is it's If you're not from the farthest out, Metro doesn't want people taking advantage of it, so they price it at the farthest out price. There are serious discussions about ways to either encourage people to transfer between bus and rail to kind of encourage different trips or to maybe uh, Mary Hines from Arlington suggested some kind of, you know, almost a zone type fare pass where you'd be able to say, OK, this pass gets me free rides worth up to two dollars each way. And then if you keep some money on there and if it's over that you pay the difference so there are serious discussions about various kinds of fare passes that could be good news for commuters but overall um there's going to have to be some sort of fare increase in the near future uh just because of rising operating costs uh dennis anasicki the metro cfo talked about all the obligations here you have to fund the safety and security recommendations from the ntsb the federal transit administration they have to upgrade the radio systems and cell phone service in the tunnels uh their customer service side they're going to have to try to help speed up bus service with signal priority that would kind of extend a green light if a bus is coming to kind of give you an incentive to ride that bus as opposed to the car. We talked about the better rail passes. And then also the fare changes, they're looking into ways that they would be able to refund you if you take a trip that is disrupted by train malfunction or whatever the situation is. If there's a delay of some amount that the new fare structure would allow them to give you a refund on that. And we don't know yet 
what the cost will be to the system for some of the new safety regulations that will come from the federal government, um, that could be a pretty large price tag. Yeah, we're expecting that most of those prices, at least for the the upcoming maybe 12 months to two years, will be coming out in the next uh, month or two. Uh, we The difference here to remember is the federal government has laid out in the safety inspections and from the NTSB broad strokes of what Metro needs to do. Metro responds to the, has responded to those with, here's our plan for what we're going to do. Now Metro has to figure out how to implement those plans for what they're going to do. And uh, we're expecting soon that they'll put a price tag on the near-term cost of what they're going to do right now. That's not going to account for the cost of the long-term project here. Metro did decide to try to pull out of some of the investments they were planning. For instance, they were going to replace all of the third rail throughout the system with a new kind of composite type third rail that they agree would be a improvement as far as efficiency and helping run more eight car trains. But since they're not going to be able to run a ton of eight car trains anytime soon, they're pulling that out. They're saying, look, well, we can spend the money somewhere else. Right now, the, the existing rail will work okay, and then we can spend the money on other things like replacing the rail cars, like keeping things moving. We do have one element of, of improving news for passengers on the blue, orange, and silver lines. All of these delays that uh, passengers have been experiencing for quite some time now could be coming to an end, but it, it is an incremental process. It's very incremental, and um, you know, Metro has had people working very hard uh, to try to get the silver, orange, and blue lines at least closer to normal. And this weekend, what's happening is the speed restrictions are being lifted. So since the Transformer fire at Stadium Armory in late September, trains have only been able to go one at a time through that stretch of track around the station. And then not only that, but they've had to do it at 15 miles an hour. Normally, trains in that area run about 45 miles an hour. So this weekend, the first thing you'll see... 45-mile-an-hour trains through that area and trains not sitting, holding at Minnesota Avenue or something, waiting for another train to just slowly crawl through that area. So some of those sitting still things cleared up starting this weekend. Starting Monday, every train will finally go back to stopping at Stadium Armory. Since the fire, the Orange and Silver Line trains have been passing through Stadium Armory, but just they kept on going. And that meant if you had an event at RFK at 7 o'clock, DC United game, whatever, people had to figure out, oh, wait, I got to switch to a blue line train or what this, whatever the case may be. So starting Monday, every train will stop at Stadium Armory at rush hour in both directions. Things will be much quicker. There should be less of that trains just sitting there and the trains will be faster. The bad news, though, is that reduced service remains. So after the fire, Metro did cut down on the number of trains running on the orange and silver lines, and that impacted everybody all along the line. I mean, in some ways, this whole thing impacted everybody all along the line, but that specifically meant even more crowding uh, on the Virginia end than there usually is between, say, Vienna and Roslyn and Foggy Bottom. And so those reduced service levels of about five fewer trains an hour than a rush hour would have been in, say, April— that stays. Uh, it could come back as soon as Thanksgiving or so. So the fixes right now were the Potomac Avenue power substation, which feeds energy in that the trains use. They've been able to temporarily upgrade that to provide uh, basically twice the power it was providing before about. And they had planned to have that done early next year. They sped that up with a temporary fix until they can get the Stadium Armory substation back online where this transformer fire was. 
and that stadium armory substation will be up at maybe two-thirds power, they hope, by the end of November, maybe December, and then by the end of December, maybe sooner, they would be able to restore regular rush hour service along the blue, orange, and silver lines. Of course, none of this helps you if a train still has a door problem at Smithsonian, but it's a major change, and once that finally happens, that would be a huge deal starting Monday a great news, though, for anyone who does ride the blue, orange, and silver lines, and maybe time to consider if you had switched to taking the bus or taking Mark, and it was a little bit inconvenient for you, maybe now time to start considering coming back. You could switch back. What's the timeline to finish all of these repairs at Stadium Armory? So the the final thing with the, the third Transformer, the one that actually caught on fire at Stadium Armory, they still don't know what caused this fire. And they're not sure they're going to know because this was a, you know, burning super hot. It was in a Transformer that is like many others in the metro system and in other transit systems. And they didn't really notice anything that would be this red flag. So that Transformer, the last thing they do before they turn the, or one of the last things they do before they turn the substation back on will be to remove that Transformer transformer so that they can turn the other two back on it will be sent for testing they'll try to look even closer at it see if they can figure things out but it'll take a year before a third transformer can be designed built and returned there now they say that that should not impact service through the area but were there to be any sort of problem or a pepco power outage that with what was supplying power to one of the other substations through that area then you might start to see a larger impact than you would have had that third transformer been available. But because of the design process and getting it all in, we won't see that full power at Stadium Armory for about a year. 